Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Friday, August 25th. My name is Daniel. I'm joined by Mike Clay and Field Yates. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. Just, just say it. That's uh, some complicated patterns on that shirt, Field Yates. About, about 425 right here? Yeah. 450? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. That's, I got that's it tailored, too, so it might what be a little that more than that. that. Peaches so like peaches? Peaches? Yeah, is this that? is peaches. Yeah, one of my favorite shirts. Peaches, 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 yeah. peaches, peaches. 55 peaches. No, that's a different reference. Oh, uh, I was when, thinking, since when am I the one up on the pop culture reference? Guys, come when on. When did that happen? He's got millions of peaches. Peaches, peaches for, for me. For, yeah, there you go. Okay, thank oh, you, yeah, Phil. No, thank you. No. Do you know what See, that's from? Do you more, know what that is? Yes, that is a song, but there's okay. a more recent movie. <laughs> what? You don't, oh, you, all right. Well, what is not, it? Your kids are too young. I haven't, are you talking you're, about Barbie? No. I have not seen it. Okay. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I still think it's Super Mario Brothers. You still say Mario. Oh, I definitely. It's Mario. Yeah, it's, that's, there's an A, okay? It's M-A-A-Mario. I'm not sure. That's, that's just how it goes. I don't I'm not one to speak because uh, I can't say Cincinnati oh. Bengals correctly, but oh, it's Mario. It that is, that no, is Mario. Mario. I've, I've, I don't even, the thing is, like, like, I, I don't even hear myself saying it incorrectly. That's funny. Like, that's to how me, you know it that sounds, it's real. It what? sounds like Bengals? everybody else says Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. People are like, dude, it's not the thing that you wear on your wrist or the former band. <laughs> Wait, so what do you say? Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. And Doesn't that sound Bengals? What is it? Bengals. He says I, Bengals. Yeah, that sounds That sounds the exact same to me. That's, you yeah. literally said the same word twice in a row right that's, there. I, that's you how did. it works. Hey, Mike, can you do me a quick favor and just say this sentence for me? The apple does not fall far from the tree. The apple does not fall far from the tree. Uh, I don't know. A little, uh, little, little, little stumble there, guys. A little weak, yeah. All right. We were discussing yesterday. I'm sh- Wait. I don't have to tell you this because, of course, you listen. Yeah, definitely, of course, I listen to it like three times. Three I times. take notes. Wow. Okay. I actually am the guy. Like, there's a site I'm working on where I just criticize the show every day. I just write up fantasy like, focus. It's like it's like daily analysis of the show. I think that's called Reddit, right? Yes, yeah, I that's, think it. So. that's me. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. That's my burner. What was my what was my burner on on uh, FFNL last oh, year? What uh, was that guy? I can't oh, remember yeah. what that was. I don't remember. remember. Uh, Tyler uh, Fuljum. Something ridiculous. Eighty eight or something. At Tyler Fuljum. All right, we got a big show for everyone here today we got some news that we are going to dive into that we got yesterday a lot of news as yesterday. well as uh, a big strategy show we're going to be talking this is coming up this is going to be start being those draft weekends where you start doing your drafts hopefully you have not started too soon and we're going to talk about a bunch of strategy that we like heading into draft weekend yeah and that's going to apply not just to redraft we're going to talk some dynasty some salary cap strategy mm-hmm. a little bit later on in the show but the focus of this will obviously be redraft because mm-hmm. i think the vast majority i think it's like 92 percent of leagues on espn are redraft and in often cases somewhere between eight and 12 teams mm-hmm. yeah for All sure right. One last thing. Help us get the ESPN on NFL YouTube channel up to 200,000 subscribers. Hold on. I'm going to find out right now. We, we are have, at. We have moved from the ESPN channel to ESPN on NFL. What are we at, Field Jates? 199,000. 199. Right, we can do that right now. Let's do it. Yes. Let's get it to 200. Uh, Mike Clay and, will buy dinner for whoever uh, becomes the 200,000th. I'm going to go subscribe right now. 200,000th? I was going to say. That's a hard word to say as say well. You would, uh, you would just give them. The I will send you a shirt off your back. Yeah, you I will literally give you the shirt off my back. Yes, good idea. All right. That sounds like a plan. All right, let's talk about some news here. A lot of news yesterday. A lot of things. Uh, Jerry Judy. We're going to start with him. Jerry mm, Judy, unfortunately, carted off the practice field with a hamstring injury. Expected to miss a couple of weeks. We found uh, several, out several, several word. weeks is yep. what. Okay. Um, and, and I want to be specific with that because of how non-specific several is versus couple. Mm-hmm. Whereas couple is a very specific. That's term. fair. That's fair. He's going to be getting an MRI. So we're going to wait and see how that turns out. But honestly, this happening right before, I mean, football starts in 13 days. What? 
So we're at a spot now where this is just not ideal. What's the expectation field for you if you're thinking about several weeks for Jerry Judy? Does this impact the way that you're thinking about drafting him? Does this impact his season at all? First of all, I'm sorry. It just I did this because I talked him up yesterday during yeah. Fields Favorites. So I apologize. Um, Fields Favorites has been canceled yes. for every year after this. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, and this is sorry to drop this breaking news on you guys. I will be moving forward in a fantasy hockey role after uh, this show. That makes sense. So all football players are safe going forward. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, if you're looking for like your... Um, Watch out, Sidney Crosby. I play uh, fantasy hockey, so I'm not sure I'm thrilled about this. Wow. On basketball? No, like, I, mean, I, don't play basketball. I will be taking James Van Riemsdyk in the third round this year. Do you know who he plays for now? That's, I think he's with the Bruins, right? I don't know. Pretty he, sure. I think long he's time, a long time flyer. He was, yeah. He's on the Bruins now. I believe he's from Boston. I think that was a big homecoming. Um, but uh, yeah, so I will be drafting uh, my favorite... My, I think the only, well, one of the only NHL players that I know personally, Kevin Hayes, will be going first overall. Mm-hmm. Love Kevin, so I'll take him first overall. There but yeah, go. starting tomorrow, I am a fantasy hockey analyst. Congratulations to all those that hate me. <laughs> or you're welcome. I guess Anyways, one of those two I, things. Back to the Jerry Judy thing. Yeah, anyway, what are we all talking right, about? So, yeah, this, I mean, so several weeks. So I think it's important to, to use that word several because it's so nonspecific. But the indication is that he's not going to be back on the practice field next week, maybe even the week after that. And it sounds like he is going to miss games. Here's how it does impact things, in my opinion. I'll talk about it. We can talk about the Broncos in a second. I'll let Mike chew in on that chew on that part. But I think just from a draft strategy standpoint, I had a pretty precipitous drop of Jerry Judy in my rankings for this reason. If you look at the wide receivers that are being at or near or being drafted at or near Jerry Judy, we're talking about a lot of awesome players. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins and Terry McLaurin, who we'll discuss more in just a couple of moments, and Christian Watson and Mike Williams. And if several weeks turns into four or five, all of those guys should be going ahead of Jerry Judy if they're healthy because of how much uncertainty there is right now. I have moved Jerry Judy down from wide receiver 18 to wide receiver 29. That's a big Mm -hmm. fall right there. But if you have the, at least for now, the security of 17 weeks for all those players that I think are at least conversations with Judy, all things being equal, like Christian Watson versus Jerry Judy, like that's a healthy conversation, maybe not for Daniel, um, that like, I think you just have to push Jerry Judy beyond those players in the rankings. It sucks. And if he's back week one, it'll end up being a value, but it doesn't sound like week one is in the cards. And it sounds like this could be maybe like a quarter of the season, Mike. Yeah, I agree with you. If we were to still rank him in the 20 to 25 range, you're going to have to start your fourth receiver for a while, Correct. you know, maybe for a long time. So if you take him in that range, then you're going to have to basically start a backup. And again, we don't know when he's going to be back. So agree with you on the Judy analysis from the Broncos perspective. Remember Tim Patrick's also out for the season. So they're going to open up most likely with Corlin Sutton as the clear number one. I'm expecting a bounce back season from him. He's had some terrible luck in the touchdown department. This moves him up just a couple spots. Uh, Marvin Mims, very interesting second round pick this year was already in a better spot with Patrick out. Now with Judy out, he could be their number two. And how about this for a deep sleeper? Old friend of Sean Payton, Marquez Calloway. Remember the hype from him a what? couple of years ago? He probably is going to be the three, maybe the two, depending no. on what they think of Mar- Mims. The He's going to play a big role. You think I'm the preparing two? people for this stuff mentally. Yeah. I am preparing for like a little a bit lot of, of buzz going into Marvin <laughs> Sim, or going into week one of the starting Marvin Mims. Mims. Yep. Now I've got myself all sorts of screwed <laughs> up. Who, by the way, really good player in college. Like I thought he was awesome last year at Oklahoma. The guy is like a legit, like he's going to be a really good player in the NFL, but especially these veteran coaches, 
they just rely on old faithful. And I'm like totally preparing myself mentally for like the first 14 snaps of the Broncos week one game against the Raiders to include 14 snaps from Marquez Calloway, a mm-hmm. guy who's kind of like a cross between a tight end oh. and a wide receiver. But Sean Payton loves him, knows him from their days together in New Orleans. Couldn't quit him then. Won't be able to quit him now. Like I am totally preparing for myself uh, for that mentally. That being said, I think we know that if like if one of if one of Marvin Mims or Marquez Callaway has a legitimate role in the Broncos offense until Jerry Judy returns. There's way more upside if it's missed. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, speaking of what you're just talking about with Sean Payton and the connection to Callaway and the veterans, the Broncos number one tight end with starters on the field has been Adam Troutman. Oh, of course. A former saying it has not been Greg Dulcich. Who's playing about half the snaps, maybe 60%. He might still lead that tight end room in targets, but I not drafted him. Uh, nope. I'm I'm very much worried about his snap count and if he's going to be used like an H back in a like a use check sort of role or short range and see a 12% target. He's not going to be anywhere close to startable in fantasy. How fun so Joker is the role of, he keeps saying the yeah. Joker, which I don't really so know that what that means. Who, remember the, do you remember the, yeah. Well, who was it that he drew the comparison to? Uh, I don't know. I'm almost positive and let me hold on. I was just going to say, can let me, make, let me right Google now? this, but you guys can keep, you guys can react to my thought. I think he said, that Joker role, kind of like Alvin Kamara, which what? seems crazy to me. Yeah, let, let me Google this. It's going to end up as down. in he's bouncing around the formation and lining up in the slot and tight end and in the backfield. Correct. And, yeah, exactly. I mean that's like an H back role. I'm looking so. at okay. it right now. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ready for this? Yep. Sean Payton, this is a headline on NFL.com, has vision of tight end Greg Dolchitz uh, to potentially be Broncos Joker, akin to Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. But, 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 I've been lucky enough. I've had Shockey, Witten, Jimmy Graham. I'm probably leaving out a few of those guys. Um, let's see. The Joker player for us is not a receiver. It's either a running back or a tight end with exceptional ball skills, and then you can work matchups. We've had that at running back. Reggie Bush was the Joker. Darren Sproles and Alvin Kamara. Those were all unique players not just in the running game, but they had passing game skill sets that allowed us to do multiple things, and I think Greg does too. Hmm. Okay, then, then why are you giving the ball to Adam Troutman? Why is he seeing the field so much more? Yeah, he's. I guess he's going to do the blocking and be on the field, but the problem with that role is is yeah. that consistent fantasy output? Probably not. No, probably no, not. not. No, so no, I don't know. Dulcich is just not on my. He's a really radar. good player, though. He's that's a really talented yeah, like, guy. Yeah, that's really not fun for fantasy. I would much rather have Greg Dulcich and Marvin Mims no offense to these other guys yeah. than to have like, uh, like Marquez Calloway and, and Adam Troutman. Like that's just yeah. not fun for us for a fantasy. Yeah. I we, think Calloway just a deep sleeper. The guy, you know, he's the guy that's going to catch two touchdowns in week one and be the yeah. hot wave rad. And then like catch Sammy two balls Watkins. for 12 yards. That's what he's going to be yeah. honestly though. But like, don't you feel like maybe Sammy Watkins, but like Sammy Watkins was the fourth overall pick in the draft. Like mm-hmm. way too much. Like I think Marquez Calloway was undrafted, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think he was. Yeah. You know what? Little Jordan Humphrey, is he still around right now? That's a great is he on that uh, team he was as well? on Denver, right? I think he might, he might be, a be as well. Agent, yeah. yeah. I might have confused the skill set a little bit earlier. Give yeah, Denver did sign a lot of former Saints. But anyway, Saints, yeah. yeah. So we're bumping up. We're, we like Mims as a late flyer. Sutton, we're moving up a, moving l- up a, little, a little bit, bit in our rankings. We're not really interested in anyone else, yeah. right? We're I'm not still really drafting Judy ahead of Cortland Sutton, though. Even you are? with. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I still, I mean, I okay, still it's rather, close, it's, I, yeah. I have wide receiver 29 for, uh, for Jerry Judy and more like wide receiver 36 for yeah, Cortland that's, Sutton. Yeah, that's fair. That's Just fair. because yeah. if I have Sutton, I'm not sure that when Judy returns, Cortland Sutton maintains weekly value. Mm-hmm. And so you might get 13 weeks of Jerry Judy as opposed to just four or five weeks of Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin is uncertain for week one, had a turf toe injury that we were waiting to get an MRI on. That MRI has now shown no major structural damage. There is some uncertainty again for week one field, although it sounds like they are hopeful. 
in this situation? Have you moved Terry McLaurin in any of the same kind of ways that you've moved Jerry Judy with this turf toe injury? Certainly not quite as dramatic of a move, but I have shifted him down a few spots. My more important takeaway takeaway is Jahan Dotson. Mm, just yeah. know that name. Uh, it just one more log on the fire of Jahan Dotson becoming one of the breakout players at wide receiver this season. Better offensive system hopefully better quarterback play super talented kid who last year thrived in the touchdown department at decent volume. I expect the volume to go up this year, even if the touchdowns go down this year, which I'm sitting next to the man who knows regression better than anybody else. They probably will. I just think that Jahan Dotson has all the right skills to be like a huge piece of this offense. Yeah. Well, even if Terry McLaurin's healthy, by the way, like yeah. this could be a two fantasy relevant wide receiver offense. Yeah. Jahan Dotson was drafted in terms of pedigree was drafted before any of the receivers in this year's rookie class, right? right. The commanders thought a lot of him, 16th. he played really well. Yeah. Big target shares down the stretch last season. He did have the highest touchdown rate among receivers last year. So I'm with you. That'll come down. But his target should go up consistently yep. for the whole season. He also missed him about, a, what, six weeks last yep, year with an did. injury. Yep. Hamstring, uh, yeah. I'm with you. This will help him short term. And again, with McLaren barely moving him, we think if he misses time, it would probably be one week, probably two at the most. Yep. That's yeah. how I feel as well. These guys are coming off the board back to back. Would you rather have Cortland Sutton as wide receiver 38 or Jahan Dotson as wide receiver 39? Give me Dotson. I agree. I like the upside. I'll roll the upside play. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. Like, okay. I think there's a chance he has 17 weeks of value this year. Mm. Sutton like good. Sutton's, Sutton's been a though. good player. He is a he's a tricky guy. I mean, he has yeah. two. He has four touchdowns in the last three seasons. One yeah. of them he missed two years ago or three years ago. He was out the whole season after week one. Uh, the last two years, he's just had awful touchdown luck. The efficiency's been poor. The, the chemistry never came around last yeah, year yeah, between Russ, and Russell exactly. Wilson. Yeah. It, it was obviously good. it got hot at the end between Russ and Jerry Judy, but it felt like all season it was like trying to make something happen that just. They just couldn't make happen. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know this is a little Drew Brees factor here. I just wrote Ooh. about this in a, in a the betting playbook we just dropped today. But uh, the last year, the Broncos averaged 1.8 offensive touchdowns per game, which is poor, right? Yeah. About two and a half is the league average. Uh, Sean Payton has never in 15 years at, with the Saints, never been below 2.4. Okay. So uh, now, now Drew Brees was there for a huge chunk of that. But yeah. even the final year when things weren't as rosy, still two, 2.4 or higher, which again, during that whole stretch is about... Uh, league average so something to think about there we should see a step forward for this offense all right moving on cooper cup says that he will be ready for week one he has been dealing with a hamstring injury seemingly all training camp just taking it safe it feels like there's a lot of playing it safe here with this one just to make sure that once the regular season hits field that he's going to be out there for week one for us can you guys think of a ram starter that you've seen on the field so far in preseason <laughs> a ram starter no Pretty much no, right? There might be a team that plays that there might not be a team that plays things as conservatively in the preseason as the Rams do. Uh, and Cooper Cup uh, saying he'll be ready for week one and not playing at all in the preseason sounds about right. I expect yep. him to be ready for week one as well. I continue to think that Cooper Cup is in for a massive season, which for some reason or another feels like it's controversial in the <laughs> eyes of does. some. Uh, I, you know, I have him as wide receiver too. So I am bullish mm -hmm. all in on Cooper Cup this year. Yeah, the one thing I'll say, though, is you might be watching the Rams preseason games and not just recognize their starters. Like, they could be, their, act, their starters might be out there, that but you're just true. like, I never heard that of this guy. Because so that's mean. their roster. That is their I situation. Mean, that is the dig. youngest roster in quite some time. How about it's Davis incredible. Allen, though, catching eight targets, or catching all eight of his targets in their last preseason game? Looking pretty good. There's going to be, that team is going to shock some people when they see the starting lineup scrolling on the screen in week one, yeah. and they're like, what? What? Yeah. I don't yeah, think people have yeah. really fully grasped what that team is going to look like. How about a quick shout out? We're going to close out the news section here with a little bit of love for our friend Corey Davis. Yeah. yeah. Shutting it down for his NFL career, made over $52 million, retiring at the age of 29. 
How unbelievable mm. is it? Corey Davis, someone that came in out of my state from the mitten. Yeah. I loved Corey Davis. Loved being able to see him out of Western Michigan. Thought he was a really exciting prospect for the Tennessee Titans for a real long time. Then came over here to the New York Jets. Just somebody that I was really thrilled with. So congratulations. Mm. Stoked for you, Corey, to be able to make it out of the NFL and enjoy retirement, dude. You've earned it. 28 years mm. old. 52 million bucks made. Congratulations to Corey Davis. And, uh, you know, there were some questions about whether he would be on the Jets roster anyways this yeah. season, but he steps away, gets to leave on his own terms and pursue whatever is next for him in his post-football days. Um, does this make Jerome Cap a <laughs> sleeper? I was just going to say that, yeah. I mean, good rapping skills, for sure. What a moment. Oh. Can I say something? If, if you haven't seen it yet, go track track down the clip of Jerome Cap, who is an undrafted free agent wide receiver wow. from... Well, that's what I. That's where I was getting to. Yeah, okay, please so tell me where he's, he from. has good rapping skills. You saw that, and as I do, because right. we both come from Kutztown. Right. Wait, Kutztown, there's another Kutztown. That's Are you him. Serious? Jerome Cap, yeah, Jerome Craig Cap? Reynolds and Jerome uh, Cap. I mean, Hopefully, you'll make fifty-three. Yeah. yeah, wow, a legend um, that is Andre Reed. Yeah, yeah. So, so from, Jerome uh, Cap uh, had an absolutely iconic performance yeah. during Hard Knocks. Ha- I think Eminem tweeted it today. He did. He tweeted yeah. it yesterday. Yeah. By the way, it was that's so how you know great. it's legit. Yeah. My, honestly, like my biggest concern for Jerome is that he's been wearing number thirty-one in preseason. It's not a fun number. It's not a good number for a wide receiver. No, no. no. but I guess when you're an undrafted free agent, who, as he noted before his rap performance got zero dollars as a signing bonus yeah, yeah. you take what they give you yeah. right like what's the old expression i feel like uh you guys know steelers receiver gunner olszewski oh, oh yeah of course yeah, when yeah. he got in the nfl he was like all i need is three hots and a cot i mean like <laughs> a place to sleep and three meals and i'll play football right oh like, wow i think jerome cap might be part of that school of thought uh that like, yeah just let me play ball and like you know pay for my hotel and give me some meals and i'll be cool mm-hmm. be good to go um so yeah but what a epic performance and dude like no matter what happens whether he gets cut on tuesday and like never lands on a roster again or if he ends up playing 15 seasons in the nfl like you had that moment on hard knocks and eminem freaking tweeted about you yeah, how sweet now. is that yeah he might not want to play he might just want to make a rap album be set anyway be better off five Didn't years that? from now like if he's literally like taking the stage at the Grammys, like stop. I want to. I want to thank Liv Schreiber uh, yeah. and the entire Hard Knocks staff uh, <laughs> for giving me it. that moment. That would be um, incredible. Oh I want to thank the rest. The rest of the Jets rookies because they weren't very they good. Weren't so I good. was the only yeah. rookie worth showing on TV. <laughs> not. I'm not talking about good at football. I mean good at like the uh, talent show. Oh, stuff. that was yes. so bad. They just yeah. What they yeah, said they have so to do it again bad. next yeah. week. It was yeah. so awful. Yeah. What were they even so doing? I've been around. Let's do trivia. That was. Probably like my favorite trip. thing about working in the league every year was the rookie shows. There were mm-hmm. some absolutely legendary performances, and then a couple of years where you were like, "Yikes, uh oh, yikes, <laughs> uh oh, this ain't it." You know, like, and by the way, like, it was completely not uh, correlated to whether you were any good at football. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Right? That. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to do that when we started doing focus. We should have made Mike when he came on here at ESPN do some sort of a thing like that. You know what I mean? We should do like a talent show. What would your talent be? Do you have one? Ah, talent. Other than like uh, using a calculator? No. I brought, I brought my talents every day to the pod. I was oh, going to say, I was gonna say like, uh, he can clean and jerk 280 pounds these days. Do you know what that is? Can you no, clean jerk what? 280? Clean and jerk 280? You don't know what that is? I don't know the term. I don't know I don't know that. That. I'm sorry. I thought you were at that level yet. Okay. Power I'm just lifter. getting started. Oh, wow. Okay. You're just getting started and you've got absolute cannons? 
Wow. Speaking of just getting started, <laughs> I need that on gift. That's, that's right yeah, now. yeah. Can we please get some of that? <laughs> Wait till our baker. We'll hey, quick shout out to our buddies over at Draft Boards. They are available. Uh, over boards. at TrophySmack.com. Trophy yeah. You can go and grab some draft boards if you need them. They come right now with two day shipping, twenty percent off with the discount code Focus Draft. And if you love the belt that we have here, in case you're looking for a championship belt for your trophy, mm-hmm. uh, you can head on over to TrophySmack.com. Get ten percent off with the discount code Focus Belt. Go show them some love. We love the people over at Trophy Smack. All right, right. Let's do it. Let's talk some draft it. strategy. Heck yeah. This is that time of year where like so much. Listen, we all know what players we want to draft. We all want to leave the draft with the best players, but you okay. got to go in with a strategy, understanding how you're going to get those players within the draft. So mm-hmm. as a part of this, before you even go in, Mike, there's a couple of different strategies you could take into a draft of how you want to attack it, how you want to come away with a specific mm-hmm. team roster construction. One of those ways is by doing something that we often hear about called the hero RB or anchor RB strategy. Can you tell our listeners what that means? Yeah, I think most people, the way they deploy it would be your first round pick as a running back, right? So if you're picking in the top four, maybe you take an Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey, and then you say, I'm done with running back. Yes, I have a second running back slot. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm, I'm going to avoid the running back dead zone. All these guys with all these question marks in round two, three, four, five, maybe six or seven. And what you do during those rounds is you attack wide receiver. Yep. You consider tight ends, maybe a Mark Andrews, maybe a, a TJ Hawkinson, something like that along the way. Mm-hmm. You consider the quarterbacks, maybe even Lamar Jackson in the fourth or Joe Burrow. You just chip away at that along the way. You basically just punt that second running back slot. And then later on in the draft, you look for those breakout players, a James Cook, or just maybe it's just an insurance back. You know that going into week one, your that second spot is going to be a little bit of a problem. And that's okay because you're going to load up on some late guys. There's going to be injuries. We know that. And when those injuries happen, you're just going to improve that running back two slot while you, one of your league mates or many of your league mates uh, running back situations are worse because of the inevitable injuries at that position. So uh, there's variations of how you can attack that, but I've done it a bunch. And Me too. If it, if it, but here's the thing. And I'll just say this about kind of all everything we're going to talk about now, which is a lot of times my strategy will be dictated by how the draft is going and the player I pick. If I maybe I maybe there's a wide receiver value in round one. Maybe I go Travis Kelsey because he fell to the ninth pick in the first round. Then I have to change on the fly. So mm-hmm. I don't go in saying I'm doing anchor running back. I don't go in doing that. But if I take that running back and then there's a wide receiver value in round two and round three, then I'll say, you know what? This is the right. This is I'm not going to force a second running back. Yeah. I'm going to execute this strategy and I can make it work. So maybe before we dive into like the specific anchor RB versus zero RB versus heavy RB strategies, we can talk uh, through a couple of just like general points that apply no matter how you're going to approach your draft, right? First of all, I think it starts by knowing like where you're picking in the draft does have some impact on mm-hmm. how you approach the draft, right? Because if you have the very first overall pick and you decide to bypass a running back, which is a very reasonable strategy in this year's proceedings with Justin Jefferson sitting there waiting for you, you have to be mindful of the fact that when you pick again, it's going to be as soon as 20, but it could be as late as what pick 32. If you're doing mm-hmm. a 16 team draft. So what that start, let's start with this. Like you kind of have to have in your mind, thresholds for starters, right? Like look at the quarterbacks and you say to yourself, what's the last quarterback in the rankings that you would feel good walking away with as your starter? Same deal for running backs. Like at what point do you start to go? I'm not so sure I would feel comfortable with AJ Dillon as an example is my RB two. wide receiver. There's a lot of depth, but still a useful exercise to undertake. And same thing with tight ends. 
always have those barometers in mind because I think that as much as anything will influence how you attack the board once the proceedings actually begin. Because if you are picking dead middle in a round and you've got only one or two tight ends left, but you know that then you're, you're okay with taking as your starter, but you know, I just have to get through like, you know, seven or eight more picks and everybody else in the league has already taken a tight end. You can feel fine probably letting those guys go in round eight to ground the rather than in round nine. If you're picking at the first pick and you have to wait 20 spots for that tight end to potentially last, that might influence how you are approaching the draft. So always be mindful of like, what is the last player possible at those respective positions that you are good with as a starter and use that very resourcefully throughout the draft. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, my, excuse me, my personal draft board, I actually don't use an overall because as soon as guys start getting picked, that overall board is shifting yeah, based on where values are, right? So I'm watching the tiers. I'm crossing off. I have quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. I'm just crossing names off. And you're right, monitoring the tiers, right? And another strategy you could employ is if you're near the turn, right? I, sometimes I like being at like three or 10. Yeah. Because you could be coming up and say the fourth or fifth round and you're up, you know, toward the end of the round. And yeah. you know that you have the last two teams pick twice each. You could look at their team and say, all right, I don't have a quarterback yet. Um, let's say, let's say you don't have a quarterback or a tight end and you look at those two teams and say, they both took quarterbacks, neither of a tight end. They're probably going to take, there's a much better chance of them taking a tight, tight end, end here over a quarterback. Yep. So you, that can influence your decision. Yep. You make the pick, it comes around and you get the two guys you wanted. So yeah, it, there's a lot of strategy gamesmanship, adjusting on the fly, that kind of thing in within fantasy drafts. I also think it's important to note that if you're just doing one draft, if you're fairly novice or you only have the time for one league, I think there is a strategy that applies if you're only playing in one league. If you're playing in 10 leagues, like that's where you get crazy and wild, right? Like that's where you say to yourself, like if I'm playing in just one league, just one, and I just want to have a team that's representative of a solid fantasy squad, I don't want to finish dead last. I'm largely doing this because I've been in this league forever or because I'm in an office league. I don't want to be the one person who's not participating. Like there are ways to play it a little bit safer. Like it's probably good business to walk away with a running back in the first two rounds. If it's your only league, if you're playing in 10 leagues, that's where you can get weird, right? Like if you're saying to yourself, Mm -hmm. I'm cool going zero running back strategy, Mm -hmm. or I'm cool taking the quarterback early in my draft because I really want to have the Mahomes Kelsey stacker. I I, I don't mind bypassing quarterback until the 11th round because I am willing to try the Anthony Richardson experience this year. So it is good to note if you're playing in one league, there's different strategy versus if you're playing in a bunch of leagues, because I think you can just incur a whole lot more risk when you've got a lot of different leagues that you are managing yourself mm-hmm. yeah totally. i agree 100 yep. percent. all right so i got some questions then <clears throat> um let's talk about fields you mentioned those positions you have a line where you're like i want to leave the draft yep. with someone like this yep. when i look at the quarterback position for me it's very clear where the end of my i want to leave this with this guy as my starting quarterback for me it's deshaun watson okay mm-hmm. really okay so you're looking for like a top eight or nine guy top eight or nine guy is for me where do you draw the line with like can you do you mind getting into that 10 to 12 range of quarterback? i don't mind I, i'm i'm okay like i think if you absolutely like crush with the wide receivers and tight ends and running backs early I, i'm okay walking away with a dak prescott or a kirk cousins as my starting quarterback this year daniel jones as well there are more than 10 starting quarterbacks in my rankings this year so if i'm playing in a 10 team league my general philosophy on the quarterback 
at where to take a quarterback is I prefer not to be the first person to take a quarterback off the board. I'd rather let, 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 let the chips sort of fall how they do, because if I'm willing to take a quarterback in round three, but for all I know, everybody else is like, I'm just going to wait till round five. Like that means that I'm bypassing round three running backs, wide receivers, and maybe even like a Mark Andrews who could Mm -hmm. be available pick 25 to take a quarterback that, Certainly will be great for me. Patrick Holmes or Josh Allen is going to be awesome, but I could also wait four more rounds and get Trevor Lawrence or something. So uh, I try not to be the first person to take a quarterback in my leagues. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably round seven for me, the top nine quarterback. So if you're watching the video, you see it's, you know, field seven, Lawrence eight, Watson nine. That's probably the line because after that, if you, I get to Cousins, There's Prescott, no one upside after Roger, that. that's the thing. And it's also opportunity cost because I feel like if I take Kirk Cousins, I'm going to think later in the draft, you know what? I want an upside quarterback. Or maybe a couple rounds later, I want Anthony Richardson yep. or I'm more prone to take Kenny Pickett. Where if I have one of them big, the, the big nine, we'll say, or the top nine, especially if it's like the top five or six, then I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I, I'm good. I'm going to start this guy all but the bye week unless they get hurt. Obviously, yep. I feel good about it. I don't even need to worry about a uh, second quarterback. So, you know. That's that's it. I think it's nine for me. That's kind nine, of the cutoff okay. where Both you guys and, and again, I, I, I'm with you. Like if 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 there's a great value, I'm not going to force it. Right. I'll, I'll go another direction and wait and take a, an upside guy like a Daniel Jones or something. But again, then I, I feel like it's a question mark and I might need another quarterback. And I don't really want to do that. I want to spend them late picks on breakout players at other positions. I, I'm totally with you, Mike. I think the same thing is true at the tight end position. I think that's another spot where it's like, yeah, I yeah. go in thinking I've got to leave the draft with one of these guys as my starter, how far is that line for you, Mike Clay? Yeah, I think that one would Smaller be... Smaller for me than it was for quarterback. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So we get to four as Waller, then we have Kittle, Pitts, Goddard is seven. Yeah. I think that's probably the that's line the for, me. for me. Yeah. I might be... like. Then you get to Fryermuth, Ingram, and Joku, Komet. Touchdown upside, probably very limited there. They just don't have that high ceiling of the other guys we talked about. And again, in that case, if I'm sitting there and I have Cole Komet or Ingram or Joku, I might be like, you know what? Chico Conquo is looking a little more interesting later, and I don't really want to do that, right? So I'd rather get one of those top guys and have an edge, too, because think about it. If every week there's, let's say it's a 12-team league, right? You have 12 people starting a tight end. If you have tight end four, five, six, you have an edge over half the league at that position every single week, and you want you don't have to deal with those uh, those late guys that are have the limited ceiling. So I generally want to be in the middle of the position, like in the five, six, seven range or higher, so I have that edge. Gosh, look at that drop, though, between Travis Kelsey coming off at pick 5.6 and Mark Andrews at 33.1. That's a strategy this year in and of itself. Draft Travis Kelsey in the first year. It's a new one for me. Thinking about drafting a tight end. Sorry, in the first round, not first year. Drafting a tight end in the first round. That's a whole other strategy that this year, because of how much better Travis Kelsey was than the entire rest of the position last year, it's something like the other strategies that we've talked about. Hero RB, zero RB, waiting. Like You can do that with Travis this year. It's justified, though. Mm Mm-hmm. It's justified. That's where I was. What I was going to say, like with the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes is going like a round and a half sooner than like Josh Allen or or Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts was averaging more fantasy points per game than Patrick Mahomes was last season until he got hurt. If Josh Allen had played all seventeen games, of course they had the game canceled Mm -hmm. against the Bengals. I think Bengals. Yes, it was. Uh, Uh, I believe he may have had more fantasy points than uh, than. If I can get to the scoring leaders here, I want to say that like Patrick Mahomes, the delta between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen last season, if Josh had, if he had played that 17th game, he would have finished with more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. yet again, if he had just had his average for that week. So like, 
Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. I'm not debating that. And I absolutely love Patrick Mahomes. But the idea that he's going around and a half higher yeah. than those other two guys in drafts is, to me, like it's it's based more in Mahomes' popularity and awesomeness in real life Correct. than it is his dominance in fantasy. Whereas with Travis Kelsey, it was 100 points between him and the second-best tight end in fantasy last year. That's worth the three round premium. I mm-hmm. want to say this though. I was talking with not cool Keith and our buddy Pierre yesterday about this, like oh, potential spams calling me. What do you think? Oh. This is a source saying scam likely. Uh, it just says potential. It's just a potential spam. Okay. Take it. All right. Think? I, I, I should take it. Take it. A- a- any thoughts on uh, <laughs> any thoughts on, on Kelsey in the first as opposed to Andrews in the we fourth? We can see that you didn't answer. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Dang, Mike, Mike Fraud. Let's see on the video, dude. Wow. Take the call, man. What is it with I, you and like I spoiling you good moments? More like yeah. Fraud Yates, you know what I'm saying? Hey-o. Hey, um, where were we? All right, so here's a question then. If we're talking about tight ends, one of the things that we I think it comes up, best ball as a game has really taken the fantasy community by storm. It's been a lot of fun for people the last yeah. couple of years. It's been a lot more, uh, I think you just find it in more places, right? It's a, it's it's an excuse to do fantasy football drafts all off-season. All off-season, right? yeah, exactly. Literally all so, off-season. So, so as a part of- What is of, best ball? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's start there. What's best? I don't think I don't think everybody knows what best ball is. So what is yeah. best ball? You draft your team you. and you're done. That's and then it. That's it. You don't yeah. have to touch it again. You could just monitor the leaderboard the rest of the season. Uh, if you have three quarterbacks in your league and you still set, you know, your commissioner will still set starting spots, right? right. So you have one quarterback, two running backs, whatever, two, two receivers, one uh, tight end, whatever it may be. So if you have three quarterbacks on your team, Generally, there's no free agency. There are no waivers, anything like that. You could technically do that if you wanted to set it up that way, but you don't need to. So it'll take them three quarterbacks. Whoever scores the most points that week is your quarterback. Then same thing. Five running backs on your roster. The top two slot in there. Same thing for receiver, tight end, kicker, defense. And at the end of the season, it's basically rotisserie. So uh, at the end of the season, whoever has the most points is your league champion. And no one has to do any rosters. No one has to do any waivers. Everything just... league plays out by itself. So you'll often hear us talk about like, I love Gabe Davis and best ball. Yes. Right. Here's the, he's a, he's a classic best ball player because I think there's a chance yeah. Gabe Davis has five weeks this year with 20 plus fantasy points. I also think there's a chance he has eight weeks this year with 10 or fewer fantasy points. It's going to be really hard to forecast when those weeks are going to take place. So you just get the benefits of those five games with 20 plus Spike points. Weeks without having to worry about should I start Gabe Davis or no. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we do in best ball, we talk about it a bunch, especially with the quarterback to the tight end position. We look at stacking. Do you want to stack your tight end? Because if your tight end has a good day, there's at least a chance that your quarterback is also having a good day. Something that we definitely employ within a best ball strategy to maximize that weekly output. Yeah, we do that in yeah best ball, and we do that in DFS, DFS. tournaments as yep. well. Uh, you could do it in season long uh, too, uh, the benefit is, and again, we talk about this all the time with, with DFS tournaments. If the quarterback has a huge week and you're starting Jalen hurts. Yep. Okay. If he has a huge season or a huge week, that probably means one or two of his targets had a huge week as well. Yep. And probably not the running back. If, if hurts throws four touchdowns, that's a lot of touchdowns. They probably didn't score seven in that game and three rushing. They probably had four passing touchdowns right. and not many rushing. So you would put take Hertz and you would also want to get some exposure to his pass catchers, wh- whether it's AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, something along the line. So that's the execution in a tournament setting in season long. You could do it the same way you could do it. And you can do it in best ball. It's the same concept of if one goes off, the other goes off. The, the drawback is if Jalen hurts gets hurt in week one and is out for eight weeks, that's going to bring the whole offense down, down and it crushes your team. Yep. And that could be devastating. And then the rest of your season is just a mess and season long. 
Uh, but in best ball, usually you're playing for first place. You're not really trying to just get into the playoffs and then get a little luck and variance in the playoffs and win your league title. You want to get number one. That's it. So you can play that boom bust strategy. You're if if you finish twelfth in best ball, who cares, right? You're going for, you're first. Going for first. So yeah. you should definitely lean into stacking. Get the quarterback. Get a get one of one or two of the pass catchers, especially if it's down the road a little bit, right? Like if it's a Kirk Cousins, get yourself some Jordan Addison yep. or TJ Hawkinson or whatever it may be. Also in that scenario, if Justin Jefferson gets hurt, you know, Adam's worried about him. Maybe not, you know, if he has a little sore knees and TJ Hawkinson's doing that right now, actually. A little contract he's, he's a little, as well. a little he, you yeah. know, I'm not saying it's a fake Future injury. Schefter tweets. We discussed this yesterday, Saturday, day before yeah. the season starts. We're already like making bets on this. TJ Hawkinson and the Vikings agree to a new four year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're seeing that. So yeah. if something like that happens, then your team, you know, the, the boat really rises. So, so you could be a contender. You're not anti stacking within season long, even though we look at it as a DFS or best ball strategy. It's just something that gives more volatility within yeah. your weekly line. I would say in nor- a normal season long draft, you keep it to a minimum. Maybe it's the quarterback and one of its one of his pass catchers. Yep. You don't want to do speaking of Adam, you don't want to do what he did in our marathon draft <laughs> where he had like, what did he have? Like, Hurts, Goddard, yeah, AJ Brown. Like every, he, I think yeah. he took a, he took like he the whole like Eagles four offense. Eagles, three Jets, three Jaguars, and like a Charger. Yeah, yeah. he's like two injuries away from a season being completely over. Yep. like it's that's it. Totally. It's, that's tough. All right, so let's talk through a couple other things here. Um, I think it is important to note that uh, like draft strategy on paper can be very different than when you're actually in the room. The execution of it, yeah. And here's what I mean specifically: is it all sounds good. If you're reading ADP data and it says, hey, Zay Flowers is going on average 121st overall. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here at pick 97 and he's probably my favorite player left on the board. I'm just going to go ahead and wait for him because he's going on average 121 overall. I think it is always okay. And this is how some teams in the NFL operate. Daniels Detroit Lions Mm -hmm. are a good example. Absolutely. When you're in a draft, If there's a player you want that's available and that's the player you want the most, you can't trade picks in fantasy drafts, at least, I mean, most on the fly, right? Yeah. Yeah, You can't do this on the fly during a redraft snake format draft. Just take a player you want. To me, that's the best strategy is always take the player you want. If that player is available and you're on the clock and that's the only player that you want at that time, there is so much risk involved. Every time we do a mock draft or we do that draft show during the fantasy marathon, What's the most common thing that gets a rise out of the audience? Mike Clay's on the clock. Liz Lowe's is right behind him. Mike Clay takes Jordan Addison. Liz goes, dang it, I wanted Jordan Addison so bad, right? If there's a player you want, just take that player because there's nothing more deflating in a draft than just missing out on a player oh, because you wanted to get cute and think you could wait an extra round on that player. Just take him. That's, yeah. yep. Ignore I, ADP data at some point, right? Get, like at the top of the board, I get it. It's pretty logical. Uh-huh. Once we get past like pick 45 or 50, and this especially pl- applies at quarterback right now, I think, because just because Justin Herbert is going 49th overall right now, I think Justin Herbert, if you play in a league where people are pretty cautious on quarterbacks and wait around, might go more like 79. Mm-hmm. But if Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts all go in the first 25 picks, Justin Herbert might not last until pick 35, much less pick 49. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And I executed that in the marathon draft when I took Garrett Wilson at eighth overall because he was in that wide receiver tier. And also I was picking 13th. I knew I was going to get another similar star player. That that was a big tier. So I knew I was going to get two guys I really liked there and I could have taken them in reverse order, but I wanted Garrett Wilson and I was 
99% sure he wasn't getting back to me. So I took him first knowing I would get another player around the turn. So you can mix those things together. You, yep. can, you think forward and think about what your league mates are going to do before you uh, make a pick. I was doing the mock draft yesterday. Uh, we did a mock draft, a staff mock draft yeah, yesterday. Superflex, yeah. and Superflex mock, dra- mock draft. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of other types of leagues after the break in just a couple of moments here. But um, I had two running backs in my first uh, six or seven picks. I went two quarterbacks first, and then I think I went two running backs and two wide receivers in my next four picks. And all of a sudden, like Alvin Kamara was sitting there, and it was Ooh, I was like watching 85, and, yeah, and he's he the did. 50th highest rated player on the board. I said, I'll take him. Yeah. Like at yeah. some point, like that's where having the awareness of what you've already filled out on your board dictates your ability to take players like Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for three games. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, who right now are very big question marks. Those guys obviously are as good as it gets or close to as good as it gets at running back. If they're available for 17 games this season and you get them a pick 27, they're going to be the best pick you make. But if you take them 14th overall and we don't see Jonathan Taylor for half the season, you have burned one of the most valuable chips you have to play on Jonathan Taylor's half season. You know mm-hmm. who we saw really great value out of last year that everybody was waiting on and did not want to draft? was D-Hop? Both, uh, D-Hop too. I was going to say DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Totally. Nobody wanted yeah. to draft him, and they were really great veteran values. Oh, yeah. Because you just got to a spot where you didn't like the situation, but it gets to a situation, a spot where it's like, there's still better values than the guys that I'm looking at on the board there. Yeah, I pounce on those guys every year. There's always, I think you and I off the air had a con, or maybe it was on, we had on, on the air. Yep. Just those guys like Derek Mason and Lockett and uh, Jarvis Landry over the years, those boring guys no one wants, and they fall and they're like, eh, they're just whatever. You Don't know. be afraid. I think Jacoby they, Myers kind of feels like that to me this year. Jacoby yeah, he's, Myers he's on is my a list, yeah. Great example yeah. of someone that doesn't feel super sexy or really fun, but if you need someone that's going to score fantasy points for your team during a bye week as a flex play, uh, like I'm not sure it gets better than Jacoby Myers based on who else is going around. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get Christian Kirk money, but he got paid a pretty decent amount to go to Las Vegas this year. They didn't bring him out there to just chill out. And he's, he's going to have a decent 44. There's right a now. path to a 20% target share, a little bit lower than new England, but he's going to have a big role. I, I actually think the Raiders offense is average. The defense is not they're great. Being, yeah. The, they're being discounted they're not, right now. Yeah. It's very much. poor. The yeah. offense is fine. And especially yeah. if you have a bad defense, Jimmy G is going to be throwing it a ton. These guys are going to be busy. I want to talk about the art of drafting and like what different players represent after the break. But before we do that, I think there is one like extremely important strategy to have. And I'm hoping that everybody on video sees this right now because I have Mike Clay's uh, top uh, looks like 300 players right yeah, here. Yeah, so, Cool. Okay, so this is my best advice for drafting. If you have Mike so Clay's top 300, I'm, I'm doing. Oh my gosh. Field is ripping it up. The whole thing. Oh, they can hear it. Oh, that hurts. Okay, so. Oh, my heart. If, if you're drafting with me, yeah. I could not agree more. And here's why. So, you, this is really quick. <laughs> so, a lot of times, the leagues I struggle with the most, believe it or not, are like my family and friends leagues. I actually have oh, one tonight, course. and I have my neighborhood league at my house tomorrow. Uh, and the problem is, especially in my family league, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, I know him. I'm related to him. I have to show up with his cheat sheet, right? Yeah. And. So what happens is these are my, you know, my rankings in this top 300. So the guys I like a little more than consensus are a little higher than, yeah. than maybe cheat sheets at other websites. So I don't get any of my favorite players uh, like, huh? yeah. like Rashad White, Christian Watson, guys like that are yep. just going to go two yeah. rounds earlier right. because I like them. But if I draft in the, within the industry, I actually have more success because my rankings are so damn good. That's, that's why. why. I'm and I get funny. all them guys that I love, and I crush it. Okay? I'm funny, by the way, although I did have a guy a couple of days, a couple of days ago in New York City that was like, hey, Field, 
I do the exact opposite of whatever you say. <laughs> I so won last year. I'm like, so you, you take kicker think. in the first yeah. round? I'm like, what? was that one of the paparazzi yeah. at GMA? Is that I had no, 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 no. Those guys were kind. It was just some, some, some wise, job, you know what? Oh, wow. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you I watched, watched that, that segment. You crushed it. Thank you. That was awesome. That was fun. Yeah. It was, did you learn anything? Uh, no. Not really. <laughs> you know, I was actually a little, I was a little mad that you were, you talked about your breakout players like sleepers and you went way down the well to like Rasheed Rice and stuff. You talk about Jordan Addison. That's been your guy all well, off season. You know what the truth? Yeah. Uh, the truth is that uh, people that maybe if we have audience members that do work in television can uh, attest to this uh, all the time in, fan, in in television, we are planning a segment and then it's so subject to change once the segment begins. Oh yeah. And so our fourth topic was rookies. And so oh, I saved Addison, saved, oh. and then just the the timing of the show. The I had got Addison. Got I, that's why there was no Bijan talk, no Jordan Addison mm. talk, no Anthony Richardson talk. So uh, I was going to dive all the way in on Jordan Addison, but instead uh, I was I was not able to discuss the rookies. So uh, for the GMA three viewers that are out there right now listening to this podcast, I still love Jordan Addison. You see that catch yesterday? Yeah. See that catch yesterday? Looked pretty great. TV Dude, star over here. I'm telling TV star you. Problems. I'm telling you. I'll say this to close this out before we move <laughs> on here, Field Jates. I yes. think I love the, I love what you're talking about, and this is the thing that is very important to me. When you come to a draft, you don't come with the same cheat sheet that everyone else comes with. If you just mm-hmm. print off the cheat sheet that Mike Clay has here in front of him, yeah. it's no longer a cheat sheet. It's just a sheet. Everyone just shows up with the same sheet. Right. Brad Holmes does not show up to the draft with the same sheet that Bill Belichick shows up with. You know how funny that would be if Bill just showed up. He's like, "Hey, Brad, I forgot to bring my cheat sheet. Can I borrow yours?" Yeah. Well, I actually, <laughs> that's actually true. That happens. That's like uh, that happens drafts, at drafts like, can you, all do, the time. can you bring me out a cheat sheet? Yeah. Exactly. Like what you want to do is you print out this cheat sheet, you do a little bit of your own research, and you take the guys that Mike has, at least and you move the guys, guys up yeah. or down just a mm. little bit, so that you have your own people you're targeting within the draft. I think it's a really valuable, especially thing especially if you're drafting with me. Take with worse my, players, yes, please. Yeah. All right. So I have the cousin <laughs> of that thought. I'll discuss that next. Because Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Oh, I would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, so you right. started to go down this path previously, Mike. When you okay. were talking about how, like, the minute one player comes off the mm-hmm. board, the rest of the board takes a different shape. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that I can't hammer home enough, is that, like, I we are all pressed to make rankings that are presented in a vacuum, right? So you have to stack a board that goes somewhere from in the running back spot, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler all the way down to, like, whoever you have at RB60 right now. You have... Whatever. Uh, Zach Evans, I'm just making that up here. Maybe it's Kyron Williams is running back 60. Um, But there are some players in between that like in a vacuum, do I prefer James Conner to Kenneth Walker III? I don't really know. But if I have taken high variance players early in the draft and you say to yourself, I just want a little peace of mind with my second running back spot, James Conner might be preferable to Ken Walker Mm -hmm. III because one of them has zero competition for carries whatsoever that being connor the other is more talented that being walker but the seahawks just used the 41st pick in the draft on zach charbonnet or whatever the pick was in the second Mm -hmm. round so i cannot stress this enough drafting is an art not a science every pick that is not, not, not only you make but that everybody else makes 
influences the rest of the values oh, yeah. for the draft. So when you're going through your team and you're building your team, people are like, who should I take in the sixth round? Well, who did you take in the first five rounds, right? And if you took a quarterback early or if you took a tight end early, if you took Travis Kelsey, then I might not be nearly as strong of an advocate for taking a quarterback early because if two of your first four picks are a tight end and a quarterback, check out what your running back and wide receiver rooms mm-hmm. look like. So Agreed. I know that this is not what people want to hear. They want very specific. Who's my favorite sixth round pick? Who's my favorite eighth round pick? And Mike's article that you guys discussed a couple of days ago is absolutely brilliant. I'm just saying that in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. you have to be nimble and dynamic and kind of play the board in the same way that NFL teams are pressed to play the board in the draft. Yeah, I agree. And we talked about that on that show, which was yes, these are the guys I love to come away with each yeah. round, but my drafts never go exactly like yeah. that. And that's why that article included, okay, if you don't get this guy, here are some other options in that range. Yeah, you're right. You have to adjust your thought process basically after every pick yep. a, one, a guy will be picked it could be a receiver a tight end you know if a couple tight ends go a little earlier it, that's immediately shifting in my head and and just keep an eye on who's standing out on your cheat sheet and this i'll add i'll add this here as well if if you're if you have your rankings you have your cheat sheet like i'm obviously just going to go off mine and i take two early running backs yep. and i'm still trucking along and i just keep seeing this guy and it's another round i'm like all right i'm not i'm there's a guy similar. I'm going to take my whatever Miles Sanders and it keeps going and going. And I'm like, all right, I don't need a running back. I'm kind of just repeating what you just said. Alvin Kamara is just sticking out. Like, how is he still there? I I technically need a tight end, but all the top guys are gone anyway. Don't force it. Don't just take a a guy that's ranked 30 spots later, just because you already have two running backs. Take the guy you could trade. There's going to be injuries. Your team will look way different. I had a, I had a league one year that I won. It was a 14 team FSTA uh, championship league. Uh, where I did that, I was just, I, it was kind of hero running back. I had like one, uh, or maybe it wasn't even me. I just was like a mess at running back. I ended up winning that championship with zero running backs. I drafted wow. I had zero. It yeah. was like, it was like Jalen Samuels and like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Elijah McGuire. Yeah. I think, I think it was like a, a chiefs running back That's or something. Cut That's right not, a, it was, yeah. I mean that, and beca- the reason that worked out is because throughout that draft, I wasn't really addressing running back because there was no values. Everyone was on all, all running back, running back, running back, running back. And I was just taking Keenan Allen and like just star players do it. Travis Kelsey. I think I had that year. I Patrick Mahomes. I got that year. Like I right. was just taking the value plays. Your team is going to evolve throughout the year. You just want to make sure you're not reaching 20 spots on a player just to fill uh, in just to, just yeah. to fill in positions you're yeah. you're going to regret it all season long hey it's it's not like this is sort of sacrilege to say cuz this is not the strategy that any of us ever take but like I've seen auto drafted teams do really oh, well man. in fantasy football. That's because they're, they're using our default using rankings. Mike's rankings. That's right. And you know, I feel like 36 year old me with two kids thinks about this more often because coordinating my drafts with leagues in which I have friends that are also parents to young children has been the biggest disaster ever so far this <laughs> month. Like I think I have nine draft nine on September 6th. Like I'm just going to be sitting there and just like, um, I, I'm just gonna be multitasking. Like, a pinky available for my iPad, mm-hmm. a finger available for my laptop, another pinky available for my phone. Uh, I'm going to borrow my daughter's fake phone that is just it's a piece of plastic, right? And see if I can toy. find a way to yeah. draft on that too. Uh, let's talk some dynasty draft. How about that? Can we do that? Or yeah. salary cap leagues? Which one would you guys prefer first? Yeah, let's uh, actually, we should do dynasty because you and I just completed a we dynasty. We should probably dynasty. talk about this uh, a little at length on an, another show, even if it's like five, 10 minutes. But uh, we just did. Uh, we joined up with a casual 12-team league, a bunch of guys, really good uh, guys from Detroit, actually, and yep. they're uh, 
they started up, uh, they moved from season long their whole life to doing their first ever dynasty startup. And they invited us in, in a cameo, said, hey, do you want to join us? And I was like, why not? Let's do it. It'll be fun, right? Yeah. Just join up and, and, and do that and do it for the long term. So we teamed up and did that draft. And uh, we were talking before about not forcing players and just having a little fun with it. Get guys you want. And our running backs to start the season will be A.J. Dillon and Devin Singletary because we made trades for the future and we went all pretty – well, it's super flex. Super young. We went Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, our running backs, and yep. we just loaded up. We have, like, every star young receiver. We also traded a – I trade. we traded for a future one and then traded that away with Cole Komet for Kyle Pitts. We're just, right. it's, we have, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jerry Judy. So many and young George people. Pickens and Chris Olave. We're just overloaded with young Traylon Burks. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, that would essentially be my advice for dynasty startups is don't worry about position. Don't worry about the first year. Yep. Worry about going like basically 24 and under. I think our average age is probably like 22, 23. It's the DJ Gallo took, strategy as we call yeah, it. Yeah, we took like Zach Ertz and like with one of the last picks in the entire draft because at that point he was cleared like that. It, our, before that, our oldest player was Jerry Judy at 25. So uh, that is my youth. startup strategy. Youth. I don't youth, care about youth. position. I don't care. Running back in Dynasty right now is a disaster area. Yeah. There's like three guys I'm comfortable with. Terrible. We didn't force it. We're going to get it. Our team's going to be bad this year. We're yeah. not going to have Kyler. Super young. Ne we don't have running backs. Next year, we're going to have an early first round pick. We're going to probably get a running back there. Maybe make a trade. One of them receivers for a running back at some yep. point. And our team is going to look beautiful okay. in 2024 and 2025. So that's my advice for, for Dynasty. So I'll counterpoint that with this. When you're uh, doing a dynasty startup draft, I think you kind of have to decide like what you want to be. Mm -hmm. Most of the league is going to gravitate towards like, let's load up on young studs and let's have this team that can be competitive for the next decade. I think sometimes there is room for the team that zigs when everybody else zags. You're going to end up with a few young players on your roster because so many of the players that are good right now are young. But we play in a dynasty league together here mm -hmm. at ESPN. And, and it's a super flex league. And I had yeah. like... I left the draft super flex league. So basically two quarterback league. I had Tom Brady and Russell Wilson to start as my quarterbacks. Right. And so everybody, you know, a lot of people had gone younger. And so all of a sudden I have these two very valuable quarterbacks. This is when both of those Hall guys of were actually good. At, yeah. yeah. They were actually good at <laughs> fantasy football. So it was awesome to have them on your roster. And the reality is that just like you were saying, when you leave a redraft draft, you're going to have so many ways to manipulate your roster. You can do the same thing in Dynasty. I just think you have to, at the beginning of it, mm -hmm. have a vision of what you want to be. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a team that could compete in the first like two to three years, like maybe you are willing to take Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams in the first three rounds of your draft. If you're a team that is saying, we are just looking for the next 10 seasons to be awesome, then maybe you're saying to yourself, you know what? Like, I will take Amon Ross St. Brown before, you know, way before I take mm -hmm. Devontae Adams, or I will take Devontae Swift Smith way before I take Cooper Cup, which would not be likely to happen right now in redraft leagues. Mm -hmm. So kind of just know what you want to be. I agree. Build your roster accordingly. Yeah, you don't want to be in the middle. You want to no, be starting yeah, like you Jackson Smith and Jigba if you're right. trying to compete this year. You want to be starting guys like that. You want to like be that, the right? Bucks yeah. and Rams over the past few years when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or yep. you want to be the Arizona Cardinals right now, right? Think about some of the teams that have gotten caught in that trap in the middle where it's like you're just on this decade-long belt of just mediocrity. Yeah. That's the nope. worst place to be in sports. Go all in either yep. way. Jackson, one of our producers, was talking with David Presley, our other producer, about yep. a dynasty, startup dynasty draft that Presley is in. And he was like, man, 
Josh Jacobs is still here, but do I go Travis Etienne instead of Josh Jacobs? And it's like, yes, if you're going to draft one of those guys, I would much rather have the younger guy for the dynasty perspective because of everything that we just talked about, unless you are trying to specifically go out this year and compete. Isn't it funny? Cause they're like, what, less than a year apart. I know. It feels like they're so, so different. It does. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's what happens when you have a 300 carry season. Yeah. Uh, salary cap. Let's, let's wrap up on salary cap leagues. Uh, yeah. I think this is an important one and just a couple of like sort of treetop pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike does create a sheet. It's available in the ESPN cheat sheet that has an assigned value for what each player sort of should be worth. Keep in mind, the minute the first player is taken, Wild West. the value for every other player just- shifts according. Let's just let's just make this up. $200 budget, and Mike says Christian McCaffrey is worth $42. Mm-hmm. If McCaffrey goes for $67, then Austin Eckler, who Mike had as the most second most valuable running back at $41, Ain't going for 41. No, he's not. He's going for more like 65. So you kind of have to have a general sense of what you view the players as going into the draft and then be willing to sort of on the fly make your adjustments. But I feel, and I am am one of those people that like is uh, happy to spend big early because there is just enough depth that you're going to find some absolute stars later on mm-hmm. in, the, in the proceeding. So I'm okay with, are you guys okay with spending bigger? Are you guys going to be the kind of people that go in there and like, you're going to, are you going to Costco in the first couple of rounds? Or are you going to Tiffany's? It depends. It depends on what the price point is. I'm, I'm generally of the strategy. Well, let me, let me back up just a slightly so I can answer your question, which is the way I go into an, uh, a salary cap league is I set up my, like a sheet with yep. the starting lineup, right? So a quarterback, two running backs, three, whatever, whatever it is in, in your league. And then I budget for each position. So I say, five bucks. you know what? I'm going for, I want Justin Herbert. He's probably going to be based on, you know, average values and what I have on my sheet. He's probably going to be around $15, put 15 in there. And then I'll do the same thing for the running backs. You know what? I'm going after one of them stars. Yep. I'm going to spend $55 on, on Austin Eckler. And then I'll do the same. You know what? I'm $25. Gonna, there it is. I'm going to go cheap at uh, tight end and then I'll lay it all out. And then I might add up to 200 and. Fourteen dollars. That's I'm like, more okay, than you're allowed to spend. That's more than you're allowed to spend. So I'll have to adjust that and say, okay, you know what? My third receiver, I probably can't spend this much. I'll have a plan, and then as a part of that, I'll have a target for yeah. each of those spots because you can do that. You can pick your players in in this case, uh, and then you, but you have to be ready to adjust on the fly because if I want Rashad White for and I budgeted fourteen dollars and he goes for twenty one, I might say that's too much. I might stop bidding on him at seventeen, and then whatever. Or and what happens often is maybe you get Rashad White for ten dollars. And then you're like, all right, I can add on Slush the fly, fun, baby. you could add a little bit more at a quarterback or another receiver. And you're like, you know what? I, c- I can actually go from Cortland Sutton at, at receiver up to Mike Williams or something like that. So uh, that's how I adjust it. You said drafts are more like a, you know, drafts are more like a, an art than yeah. a, I mean, salary options are drafts. really yeah, like totally a, or salary cap, excuse me, are more like a, uh, uh, and art for sure. So they're, they, they take my, a lot of paying. You got to pay attention and focus. Yeah. But if you do that and you're not busy and not, you can't disappear between picks, you can really have a, a really strong. I am absolutely like in, in salary cap leagues, I am certainly planning on just one quarterback, just one tight end because you can be flexible once week one begins. Second of all, like I might have the majority of my bench. all be $1 players. Yeah. Cause there's That's so many values yeah. at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You could almost do your entire bench at one dollar yep. um if you're playing in a keeper slash dynasty salary cap league my absolute favorite trick in the book and keith lipscomb not cool keith who is very cool in my book deserves the credit for this during your draft think about every player that's either out for the season for suspension or injury and flag those players 
because while they're not going to show up because Mike's ranks are sorted by projected points for that year, they're not going to show up at any point during the proceeding where you look at the top big board. Yep. You can get those players. I got Calvin Ridley for a dollar last year in one of my keeper leagues because obviously he had been, he had been, this was not the first year of it, but he had been, his contract had expired for a different team and we were going through our draft. No one saw Calvin Ridley because he had a zero projection for 2022. He missed the entire year Mm -hmm. because of suspension. Do that same thing right now. So if you can find a player that's out for this season that you love, and is there anybody who's out right now? Right now for the entire season? I don't, I don't think, think it's. So. I think like Naheem Hines might be the best one. So, okay. so, right, so this is anyone. a little bit less mood this year. But if in future years, keep this in mind. Yeah. Two and years, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Two years ago, I did this exact thing that you're talking about field where I kept in a salary cap keeper league. I kept J.K. Dobbins uh-huh. for yes. a dollar. I have a similar example. I was going to say Travis Etienne. I was going to say, though, in keeper leagues, uh, you can do this in drafts, too. Like a late pick. Because, right. because if you have rules where like. If you get him for a 14th rounder, you keep him as a 12th the next year. Uh, I did that with, uh, actually, I think someone else had ETN, but I've done this before where you take ETN with one of the last picks on an ESPN. If you have IR slots, you just throw him in the IR slot, yeah, IR right. slot for the whole season. Right. Yep. And then the next year, ETN comes back. And this year in that draft, I think he's like a 12th round keeper for somebody in, in my league that drafts tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah you can do that uh, in a variety of formats. Heck yeah. Last thing I'll say is don't show up to drafts. Oh, I don't want to say don't show up. I just always notice when people show up to drafts in all of their hometown gear where it's like I show up wearing like my that? Cowboys jersey with my Cowboys sippy cup. I got my little Cowboys hat on. Sippy cup? Who are you, my daughters? I got maybe, I don't know, they bring like a Cowboys binder and it's like, okay, we got it. You want to leave the draft with all the Cowboys, especially in salary cap drafts? I freaking love that. You're a mark for me. I, I, like as soon as you walk in the room, I'm going to nominate all the Cowboys. I'm going to always mm-hmm. overbid all the Cowboys because I come in and I know my this part of knowing your league, yeah. knowing your league mates. That's a huge part of the strategy. So who's the team where you should show up and then to trick everyone like Arizona or something like uh, yeah for a bad team yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Show up in all your Arizona gear. And then- you know what, that's a good <laughs> reminder though. Of like probably the most obvious trick in the book for salary cap leagues is when it's my turn to nominate. I always nominate a player that I have zero intention of mm-hmm. picking yep. because people get. They get happy fingers at the beginning of the proceedings, right? So if you got a guy that you're like, I'm super nervous on Jonathan Taylor, I'm not taking him, but I'm going to bid him right away. That's a good one. Yeah. Let, it, let everybody else do the bidding because yeah. he'll now could he end up being a great value because he ends up showing up next week and you have him for $7. Yes. But it's also possible that because it's very early in the proceedings, he goes for 38 bucks and then plays half a season. My so name. yeah, always, always uh, put players up for, bidding that you have no intention of actually yeah and but but pay attention still because if a guy like taylor right now probably will go way lower than he should because everyone's afraid to hit that button fair Uh, i just did a a, there was a dynasty league really quick it was like a 14 team or they cut it to 12 so the veterans from those two teams were thrown into the pot love that uh and coming around the turn i was i uh my team's stacked so i was picking at the end of the draft (laughs) it came around the turn and he was guys like right now he was excuse me he was get. going way after guys he should have been going before. Like he, he was just he. No one wanted to touch so him. Even him? A, yeah, I took him coming around too. So I have championship. You know, I have Eckler, Nick Chubb, uh, Joe Mixon, no, John Steve Taylor. Yeah. I mean, Why is he loaded? Herbert, Hawkinson. Yeah. It's just uh, ridiculous. Oh my it turns God. Out AJ Brown literally Terry playing Moore. with kindergarten. Yeah, it really is a, <laughs> a league with his daughters. This is a long ongoing uh, <laughs> experts league dynasty. So. I'll tell you. You want to know my favorite? My favorite part about talking draft strategy 
is that we could do this for another like three hours and not Maybe be we done. Yeah, we, we actually had a note here with topics and we did about half of them. Seriously, like, like there's, there's so, so much, much stuff we could talk about. It's it's one of my favorite parts about the game of fantasy football is the strategy that goes into choosing the people for your team. Go check out Mike's playbook. He's got a great yeah, right set of chances. I printed right it. And that was a waste. And yeah, Mike's cheat that. sheet that is out there on ESPN.com. It is an awesome resource for you to be able to use as you go into the draft. It's a great cornerstone. Yep. Make your own adjustments from there, yeah, but make sure you player, go check that. Yeah. You, like, I do that too. There's certain guys I want to make sure I have my eye on when that round comes up. Guys like your favorite player, Christian Watson. That's right. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with him. I would take him over Jerry Judy at this point right now. And um, yeah, not only that, but uh, for those that are checking us out, we'll see you on ESPN Fantasy Center Ice tomorrow, the newest Stop fantasy it. hockey podcast uh, featuring me, uh, me and Arda Ocal are going to take it on. Hey. So yeah, Arda's great dude. Arda shout out. I yeah, love it. Why not? Why not? All right, yeah. that's going to do it. This has been a really fun week. It's been a ton of fun. We're going to be back mm -hmm. next week. We're going to have more draft strategy, a bunch more content coming your way. We are one step closer to football. We love you guys yes. so much. Thank you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. Have an awesome weekend. Be safe. We're going to see you here next week. Let's go. Speaking of the playbook, betting playbook at ESPN Plus right now. Shut up. That whole thing this week. It's like the regular playbook, but it has all the props that are available at Caesars compared to our projections. Can I use that while I'm writing my, my props that pop column? Can I just take your props? No. I don't well, like wait, your no, props, you so I wrote said, my own props. I know, but your props are so good, why would I write mine? You just, no, you stop writing. Okay. Just, you're out. You're not, you don't do props anymore. You're on the hockey podcast. Not the hockey podcast. A leg for